The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance on News Talk. Time for our Friday Forum. I'm joined by Lorraine Clifford Lee, Finnefoil Senator, uh, Richard Boyd Barrett TD, People Before Profit TD for Dunleary and Hugh O'Connell, political editor with the Irish Independent and Sunday Independent. Uh, good morning and welcome. That breaking news, Richard, the death of Alexei Navalny. Well, it's just another example of just how absolutely ruthless Putin is uh, and. Uh, Certainly How wouldn't any... persuade you to stand up and oppose him in any shape or form. No, but I see there is somebody who's been who's been putting themselves forward and then ruled out of order. Um, so there's no doubt Putin is ruthless and uh, it's not a, not a great place for the opposition. What I do hope, though, is that the movement of people, families in particular, of soldiers who are kind of protesting against the war, that that might begin to become a movement that could actually challenge him. Yeah. Because whatever he may be able to do about knocking out political opponents, I think historically what has challenged war has been big social movements. And we've seen that with the mothers and families of soldiers. All right, Lorraine. It's just shocking, Pat. I can't believe. Shocking, uh, but inevitable. Sh- shocking, but inevitable. But I think, uh, I, I suppose we all held hope with the glare uh, of the public on the situation and he was, in car- or was incarcerated, uh, that he would survive it. But if, we, if anybody was in any doubt, uh, about the threat that Putin poses, not only to the Russian people, but to the whole world. I think we, we really are made very aware of it. And it's it's a really, really awful and shocking event. You? Yeah, it, it is. Um, it's it's not surprising in a way. Um, the, the, the Kremlin is saying there's no information on what caused his death. So, you know, we can... Yeah, well, the we documentary can, on Navalny, I don't yeah. know how many yeah. of you actually saw it. It was just an extraordinary yeah. uh, testament to the man's uh, courage. He knew... Mm that he possibly could be signing his death warrant by returning voluntarily to Russia to be arrested immediately on his arrival. So I I guess what will be interesting now is to see what is the reaction in Russia, as Richard mentioned, his supporters, his movements, how do they respond to this and and what threat does that potentially pose to to Vladimir Putin? But I mean, Putin is, um, you know, he's isolated by the West for two years now, firmly uh, isolated by the West, and yet he he maintains his grip on power um, and the war is dragging on and there's no signs of ending so yeah could be here for a long time um, uh, go, going back to war uh, richard gaza and uh, the attack on the nasser hospital um, depriving it of uh, the ability to to run its generators and so on um it just gets worse it just gets worse and you know i i mean first of all let me just say i hope there will be a huge numbers of people out on the demonstra- national demonstration tomorrow uh, meeting at one o'clock at parnell square uh, as a, 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 another massacre looms in Rafa, the unthinkable, uh, after four months of what I would consider genocidal attacks, uh, attacking hospitals, blowing up schools, killing men, women and children in the tens of thousands. But I, w- what frustrates me is that all of this is enabled and could only happen because Western governments, the European Union, the United States, including our own, continue to treat Israel as if it's a normal state, fail to acknowledge this is an apartheid state that is built on ethnic cleansing, is built on the persecution of Palestinian people, is built on, uh, you know, a 16-year-long siege of Gaza, 
it, this, what we are witnessing is the horrific logic of that kind of state. And it's not going to stop until sanctions are imposed, until we stop arming this regime. Words of criticism are not enough. We need to recognise, like the apartheid regime in South Africa, this regime is a rogue regime. Would you concede, though, that uh, Liv Radker, in joining with the Spanish Prime Minister, has done the right thing in invoking a clause which is there in the trade uh, arrangements between the EU and Israel? I mean, it's there. And if the law means anything... I'm glad they've finally been pushed to that. But some of us have been campaigning for them to invoke the human rights clauses in in that agreement for years. In fact, for more than a decade. Pleading with our government, with Western governments to impose sanctions, to stop giving favoured trade status to a country that long before October the 7th was being indicted by every human rights organisation in the world for war crimes, for crimes against humanity, for illegal occupation. When is the world going to wake up and realise this regime is absolutely out of control? It is built on oppression and violence. Lorraine. I think this government has shown great leadership, actually. Uh, We were the the first, really, in the European Union to come out and and call for um, a ceasefire and to demand that uh, parties come together. There's hostages there. There's people uh, being killed every day of the week. It's absolutely horrific. And the the leadership that both the Taoiseach and Taunasha have shown has been remarkable. We saw the Taunasha meeting the head of UNRWA yesterday and increasing substantially the funding that Ireland is giving to UNRWA because it's the only agency on the ground helping uh, ordinary Palestinians who are facing the most horrific of circumstances at the moment. And I really hope a ceasefire is coming for the good of everybody, for the good of Israelis, for the good of Palestinians, for the good of everybody in the Middle East. We need a ceasefire yeah. now. Yeah, look, I, th- I think the government deserves some credit on this. I mean, Richard m- makes a fair point that he's been campaigning on on um, on for the government to invoke these clauses uh, going back a decade. But I mean, I, I, yeah, I think the government wanted to co-sign this letter with other governments, but really were only able to get the Spanish on board at this point. Uh, which I think points again to the level of division and, and different views that are, that are um, within the EU and have been within the EU over the last um, six months. Um, I think the UNRWA thing, that the, the funding, twenty million announced yesterday by the Tornish, I think the fact that the Tornish uh, hosted uh, Philippe uh, Lazzarini in Dublin is, is evidence of Ireland's commitment to UNRWA at a time when many of the big donors, the UK, the US, and other countries, Germany as well, I think, have, have withdrawn funding or suspended funding. Um, and that's an important message that Ireland is sending out. I mean, we are seeing, you know, talk about Israel being a rogue state, or I, I think this is not what Simon Covey said this week, but we are seeing in Israel as a rogue state. I was on Israeli television this week and that the, the hostility towards Ireland is is quite intense because we are doing things that are out of kilter with uh, other Western governments. Richard makes a fair point. Is it enough? Should we be doing more? Should we be going to the White House? Let's have that debate. But I think in fairness to the government, they have done... They've done some good work on this over the last few months. But if I could just say, though, you see, the problem is that this is being treated as if we're just witnessing this horror now. And, of course, this is a terrifying uh, escalation of horror. But it wouldn't have got to this point if Western governments, including our own, Mm. had have done what... 
Amnesty International, what Human Rights Watch, what the UN Special Rapporteur on the Middle East, which every single human rights body in the world had said, this is an apartheid regime. It's built on violence. It's built on illegal occupation. Well, I mean, we, let's be honest, but, but Richard, what we triggered, wouldn't be here, what triggered we wouldn't this be war? Yeah, so what triggered this war was decades of ethnic cleansing, of legal occupation, of a 16-year-long oh, well, siege of Gaza. Say, I'm going to have oh, to I know just you will because you took an interest only when the violence escalated, no, but, but I've been taking an interest not. for a long time. Absolutely not. Well, I think we cannot take away from the horrors of the 7th of October. And we are all horrified with it's what's happening horrible. in Gaz. It is. It's, but it was horrible har- before October the 7th. Yes. No, 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 Richard, Can I just, this morning on breakfast, uh, they interviewed a Hamas representative and he justified October 7th on the basis of, you know, uh, decades and decades of oppression and so on. Uh, and and there's no question about that. The people who were killed were not military targets. They were, they were women who innocent, were raped. And women who were raped and so on and so forth. That was a hate crime. Absolutely. Unadulterated. Can you actually bring yourself even to a, to say that about them? That this was a hate crime? I, I think October all 7th. of the violence in Young this situation, all of festival. the violence is horrific. OK, all of it. But wh- wh- who do I hold responsible for that violence? And I hold... Israel and its backers singularly responsible because the Palestinians pleaded with the world for peaceful solutions, for other solutions. That doesn't solutions. justify yeah. young people uh, as if, a music festival If you oppress a people, this was the point in South Africa, okay? The South Africans engaged in military and armed resistance against the apartheid regime. They were called terrorists. But we all know now that the root cause of that problem was the apartheid regime. And Nelson Mandela is considered yeah, but, a hailed a great peacemaker. In Ireland, we had violence because of colonial oppression. The root cause of this is colonial oppression. And unless we acknowledge that fact, we're going nowhere. And you can condemn everybody left, right and centre and it will achieve nothing. But that, that's the question that the, that, that the listeners are asking. Can Richard not bring himself to condemn the attack of October the 7th and, and the nature of that attack? This was not a military target. It wasn't like the South Africans Nelson Mandela and there were bombing police stations and that yeah. kind of thing. This was, this was qualitatively different. Sexual can you, violence can you is not a war say crime. that it was? Uh, First of all, uh, of course, atrocities happened. But there's also uh, serious dispute, even in Israel, about precisely what happened. I mean, there was undoubtedly a lot of military casualties. What do you that's, mean? Whoa! Have you read the Israel, Do you read Israeli newspapers? I do. You've read yeah, Haaretz, I do, so you know I do. that in Haaretz, I read, I read they have said that the, is, the Israeli military, the, the, the Israeli, Israeli military, were shooting uh, in a way I've with crossfire that very likely killed Israelis as well as Hamas. I, no, I'm, I'm, Hamas I'm particularly people. concerned about the many women and and girls that were gang raped. I mean, you'll, you'll admit that as well, right? I will, uh, yeah. but I, uh, which I'm against. Yeah. But I, but. Before that, Israel it? had taken thousands of hostages. Now, the problem mm. is, if Israel sets the precedent by taking thousands of Palestinian hostages, is it any wonder that the Palestinians respond but in Pat, kind? I think this just shows, look, there's no point going back and forth on it. We need a ceasefire. We need a workable solution. We need hostages released. And we need a two-state solution and, and a proper effort. And I think two-state the, solution, I think Richard, the international, Richard, the I think the international community's gaze was the, the taken away from this area. Says, I cannot believe that Richard Boyd Lloyd Barrett is condoning the rape of women on October 7th. I'm absolutely not. I condemn the rape of women on October 7th or anywhere else. It's horrific. And the people who committed such crimes should be prosecuted. But but what I'm saying is that the violence we are witnessing did not start on October 7th. It has been going on week in, week out for decades. 
And it is because the Western world refused to impose any sanction on Israel for a brutal occupation, for ethnic cleansing, for killing Palestinians day in, day out, for taking people hostage. Inevitably, there was going to be a violent you? response. Yeah, well, look, the last time I was on this programme, I think we kind of had roughly had the same debate, Richard. I mean, you have a particular point of view, but I mean, it just it is striking and slightly jarring to me that you can't just admit what happened on October 7th was an appalling atrocity, which is, is the, the cause of the current escalation in the conflict, the cause of 28,000 people, the disproportionate response of see, Israel. this is deflection, okay? This deflection. is deflection. And what facts. I say about October the 7th or what you say doesn't okay. change the reality, Hugh. The reality is, no one is there has been brutal that. violance but going on there for decades. Point there. Your listeners are wondering, why can't you condemn, just explicitly condemn what happened on October 7th? Because what 7th difference will that make? That? Will that change things? No. What will mm. change things is if we get to the root cause of the problem, mm. right? Uh, well, this was the, what the Hamas spokesman said. Now we have got the Palestinian cause onto the world agenda. So, you, you know, the idea that you provoke, and the Israelis, as we know, are easily enough provoked by rocket attacks and so on, but you provoke this by doing something really appalling on October the 7th, you get a reaction, yeah. and lo and behold, 28,000 people are dead, and at last the world is There is not a single situation of colonial oppression ever, ever in the world. Mm where there wasn't a violent reaction by the oppressed people when all other avenues were closed off to them. Not a single one. Mm-hmm. Algeria, Vietnam, South Africa, Ireland, you can go through the list. If you have brutal apartheid, colonial uh, violence against an oppressed people, and that's what the Palestinian people are, eventually you're going to get but a reaction by people. peace is the only way people. forward. Peace and, and uh, for, for Palestinians and Israelis to, to yeah, coexist, well, we heard, uh, it's from the Hannah only McCarthy way forward. earlier this morning that uh, Netanyahu has walked away from the, the peace negotiations in uh, Egypt. He's just... Well, that's the point, isn't it? Without telling his own war The Hamas attack has been completely counterproductive to the two-state solution because it might have got it on the agenda and we might have countries like Ireland talking about... Israel is not remotely interested in the two-state solution. I was just going to say that. I was just going to say that, Richard. I was going to agree with you on that. The two-state solution is is further away than ever because the Israelis have just decided that they don't even want... I think a lot of ordinary Israelis do want a two-state solution. Maybe the government isn't displaying that, but there isn't huge support for the government. The two-state solution is the problem because it is it is institutionalizing ethnic and racial division on a, in a country where Jewish people, Muslim people and Christians once upon a time lived in peace and harmony. Mm. Right? It is the establishment of a state that is based on racial and religious supremacy that created well, the problem. Under the auspices of the United Nations. That, that's how a, the state A disastrous mistake by yeah, the UN. Well, but, anyway. but Israel breached the terms of the partition agreement immediately mm-hmm. and ethnically cleanse 750,000 people. I want to calm people. things down a bit, but maybe not, because I want to talk briefly about the paediatric hospital and the budget now, which is almost two and a quarter billion. It's taken decades to get it to where it is and it's in the wrong place. In Atlanta, Georgia, they're building a hospital with more rooms and more facilities and more parking and everything for two thirds of the price. And they're doing it in less than seven years from start to finish. Lorraine. Yeah, well... You said it's in the wrong place. That's it your is. that's your your opinion. Other people will dispute that. Um, but that that's a validly held opinion. But a lot of uh, experts would say it's in the absolute no. They didn't right place. say that. They, they, no, I, I don't want to, to go <laughs> through did, this Pat. again. There but were the reports, very spurious reports coming out about where the hospital should be. Try location. Where's the maternity hospital? The current Taoiseach was Minister for Health. He told me in a studio that the two, the planning permission for maternity and children would go in at the same time, and that they would be built in tandem. Where's the maternity hospital? One of the justifications for 
try location. Where is it? It's in the Coombe, which is a no, couple no, no. of minutes away. No, 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 it was to be on site. Come yeah. on. The idea yeah. was you wouldn't need an ambulance to take a prem baby f- to the general hospital that you'd wheel okay. down a corridor. Where is well, that maternity look, I hospital? I mean, the hospital is nearly finished now. It's 2024 now. Uh, the internal fit out has been finished this year. It's going to be handed mm. over shortly to Children's okay. Health I, I Ireland. I want to clarify and something with you, And though. children so will be using the this state-of-the-art facility The Taoiseach has said no more money will be paid, right? That This is it. The last vote... Uh, for money, that's it. Now, what happens if it's not finished? Well, and it needs more money to finish it. What the, happens the, then? The board is is currently um, strenuously defending any no, no, erroneous I mean, claims if that are It needs going in. another two hundred and fifty million to to finish it finally, get it open. Do you mean to say we just leave it as a white elephant? We don't open it? Absolutely not, Pat. And that's. I think that's just. There will a, be no more. Well, I mean, the Taoiseach also said that short of an asteroid hitting the Earth, it would open in 2020, and that never happened. So, yeah, well, we've I had COVID we've, and we've had a war I since that, you, so, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. But but he did say that in 2016, and it didn't open, and um, you know, COVID wouldn't have prevented it from from being done between 2018 and 2019. Anyway, the point is, is the, the the thing that we've learned about this hospital is that commitments and promises in respect of of the hospital have been broken time and time again. Uh, two point, it, it, the bill exceeding two billion is not a surprise to me. It was always expected to get to that. It might even touch towards three billion by the end of all this. Um, I think the Taoiseach also said this week that uh, disputes with the developer uh, could end up in the courts for years, and they, the, the cost could be disputed for years in the courts long after the hospital is open. The important thing is the hospital will open at some point, I would imagine, in the next two years. And I dare say that the general public will forget about how much of a financial well, as disaster they struggle this to was. Get there. Well, into Dublin 8 so, yeah. with congestion and so on. Maybe they'll have to arrive on Eamon Ryan's bicycles. No, well, well actually the Lewis serves the site and the Lewis is an excellent service well, look, for we'll, we'll everybody see, we'll that's using it. We'll see how it works it. when it opens, but I mean, there's no doubt it's like it's, it's an incredible, look, incredible looking facility. So the facility. people with a, a child with cancer have to oh. get the train and then walk up or get N- the Lewis. Not everybody travelling to the children's this is hospital national, will have this a This is not the Dublin 8 children's like, hospital. No, it's not. This is the national paediatric hospital. And absolutely children it's from accessible. everywhere will be accessing it. it. Yeah, it's, and it's accessible for many parts of the country as well. And a lot of pe- people use using the children's hospital won't be coming with a gravely Richard. ill child they'll be coming with a child with other well, ailments uh, look to me just I mean <laughs> it's, it's a it, place for sick children come on right it is beyond incredible that something can go- have a price tag of what is it 400 million originally or yeah, 450 million yeah. and now it's 2.2 billion uh, the procurement strategy was initiated while Leo Varadkar was Minister for Health uh, because the government were in a rush to have a vanity project that they could sign off on. And as clearly, they did not uh, lock down on the conditions around that procurement strategy. And so, bam, have had the government over a barrel. Uh, and now we see them just milking, a private company just milking the state and the t- uh, ordinary public. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, there is due public. diligence in terms of uh, a genuine I mean, How does, how does something incredible. go quadruple in, in cost? And, I mean, to my mind... Uh, this is uh, just a textbook case of why we need to have a state construction company 
where we can have control mm. over forget, I mean, uh, the building of big infrastructure million, uh, it, was, it could be anywhere. A carabuncle on top of the Matter Hospital was one idea. Pat, that was it, this is comparable yeah, to, to costs of, of hospitals look, in words. the UK. Look, it, will, it, it will be an incredible facility. It's not. It is. No, it's not. It is. It's one of the most expensive There may well be issues with, with, with getting there, but I think when it opens, people will forget about the fiasco that it was. I mean, as someone who's used Crumlin Hospital, great staff, you know, not a good facility, infrastructure, uh, you know, outdated. So this will be a fantastic facility for parents of sick children to use. And I think that that, that mm. is to be welcome. There's no doubt about it, though. It's been a fiasco from start to finish. It's the most expensive hospital yeah. in the world. Okay. And well, it, you know, what, one last text. The Lewis, really, have you ever cared for a child with complex needs? Nothing, absolutely nothing is accessible without a parent, a car, mm. and moving like a, a military operation. That's what one of our uh, texters says. Look, thank you all for joining us. Uh, Lorraine Clifford Lee, Fianna Fáil Senator, Richard Boyd Barrett, People Before Prophet TD for Dunleary, and Hugh O'Connell, Political Editor for the Irish Independent and Sunday Independent. The Pat Kenny Show with Aviva Insurance. Weekdays at 9 a.m. on News Talk.